So um, there's this priest, I know him well, and in his kind of the first half of his priesthood, um, he was a very nice priest. I mean, very nice priest. Um, know him well, but to be honest, I'll just, he's a little superficial, or he was a little superficial. Yet, always had a very comfortable life and a very nice guy, but kind of superficial. Um, not in his first half of his priesthood, um, not really a worker bee, if, wouldn't really go the extra mile for anyone if it caused him difficulty. So um, one Christmas, uh, and this sounds strange, he took Christmas off. Now, that should strike you as a little strange. Most priests don't take Christmas off, but he wanted to go on the safari, so he got some priest to cover him for Christmas, and he went to Africa on a safari. And he, when he comes back, he tells his people this homily. He gives them this homily. He said that when he was going through Africa on Christmas Day, um, where he was traveling, uh, there was mass, but now, in case you didn't know, Africa has double the lack of uh, vocation crisis that we have. They're even more hurting for priests. So in this one village where he was, the entire village gathered. And believe it or not, Africans have a lot of Catholics. Um, the entire church is packed, but they don't have a priest. And yet he said, these people had faith. They knew even against odds that somehow a priest would show up for Christmas so that they could have mass. And they spent the time singing and praying, hoping a priest would show up. And he said, it was just incredible to see their faith. And he said, you know, I spent an hour there, but then I had to catch the bus for the safari. And he said, I wonder if a priest ever showed up. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Now, he's a very nice guy, never, like, unlike well, your priest, never cusses, never gets upset. He is a really nice guy, or was, um, really nice guy, but kind of superficial. But here's the thing. How come he didn't, he could give a homily on that. And he was smart. He had a degree in theology. He was actually smart. How come he couldn't figure out that, holy cow, you were the answer to the prayer? These people were praying for a miracle and you could have been part of a miracle. Instead of sitting there for an hour, you could have got up and said, believe it or not, I'm a priest and I, your prayers are answered. <laughs> like he could have been part of this great miracle. How come he couldn't, he could tell the story and couldn't figure out the point of the story. You know, the point of the story is that he should have answered. He was the one without ears to hear. Does that make sense? Like, holy God, you can quote the story. You can quote it, but not get the meaning. And he missed an opportunity to participate with a miracle to God. How come he couldn't get it? Um, and I mention that because why do you think Jesus starts teaching in parables? It's really strange. He's halfway through his uh, ministry. And then he's, in the Gospel of Matthew, he's going to, for the next seven weeks, get seven parables on what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he gives this parable. Now, some people say, oh, he's spoken parables so that it's easy for people to understand. Are you kidding me? That was kind of a hard parable to understand. What, that 
that's like heaven? How is that like heaven? And so his disciples, this huge crowd, they would have been shocked. Like, we want to learn, but you're teaching us parables. What, what's the meaning of it? And the reason why Jesus starts peach, teaching in parables is not that it's easy. He wants you to figure it out. You have to work at it. To figure out the meaning of a parable, you have to put yourself in it and figure out what the meaning is. And so, um, this sounds kind of strange. You have to be able to internalize it. So, going back to my friend, I, I'm going to make up a name, Father Joe. Father Joe can tell a story, but not internalize it so he doesn't get the meaning. Jesus starts teaching in parables because you have to make it, you have to really eat it. And if you want to learn about the kingdom of heaven, it's not about saying, well, I'm just going to pick up a, a textbook and read about it. Um, he already had a degree in theology. It's not about memorizing, you know, if you memorize verses in the Bible, then, then you will be ready for heaven. Uh, just because you can memorize a story, he, he had the story, he could tell the story. Just because you can memorize scripture doesn't mean that you know anything about it. Um, the kingdom of heaven, you have to internalize it. And so what this parable means is, first of all, this. The seed is the graces of God, the word of God. And the seed is powerful. Uh, the seed is powerful. The first reading is talking about that, that the graces of God, they just make life bloom. Life will bloom. So the seed is powerful. And the sower is Christ our God. And the sower is wild, throwing out these seeds. Graces are always being thrown out all over the place. He's just ridiculous on, he's throwing the seeds everywhere. Um, that's it, graces. So it's powerful. But here's the question. The seed is powerful. It can create this huge, unbelievable harvest. Uh, that's not the question. The question is what kind of soil does it land on? And the soil is the human heart. So that's the real question. Can the soil welcome the graces? So going back to my story about my friend, like he's a very nice guy, very nice guy. But because he's a little superficial, I think a lot of the great miracles and graces that God throws at him, um, they come to nothing. So we're the soil. And remember, there's in the parable, there's four soils. Um, one soil, um, you know, it lands on uh, and the birds take it away. What does that mean? The birds are, um, like my friend, he was always kind of a choir boy. He never hung around a bad crowd. But the problem is, God could be throwing you graces, but you're hanging around a bad crowd. So like... Um, the birds, they carry them all off. So think about this. I'll give you an example. Try and make this sense. This mother once said to me, said, oh, you know, my, my junior high kid is hanging around some druggies, but, and I just don't know what to do because, you know, you can't choose your children's friends. And so I said, oh, yeah, you can. No, you can. For God's sakes, you're his mother. Your kid is hanging around druggies, and you're going to say, well, you know, nothing I can do. Those are the birds that will carry away the, the graces. Or did you guys ever read the book, um, Hillbilly Elegy? Oh, just two people? Uh, it is a great book. I'm sure you did. Um, 
But he tells the story like he's in this terrible situation growing up, poor, his mother's a drug addict who ran away. The only, the only thing he has going on in his life, and he becomes a successful lawyer, um, is this intense grandmother who just doesn't take anything. And in junior high, he starts to hang around druggies. And so he was kind of scared of his grandmother. His grandmother raised him. Um, and his grandmother sits him down. Now, this is advice for your daughter, by the way. I never had children, but no, you're going to have to make sure the birds don't carry away her graces. So the grandmother sits down the grandson and says, I got to tell you, and he did know this, I love you. I love you so much, but I'm not losing another child to drugs. So I don't want you to hang around those druggies. And if you hang around those druggies, I promise you, I would never do anything to ever hurt you. But I will get my Cadillac late night and I will run them down. And he said his grandmother was so crazy, he kind of believed it. <laughs> and so, you know, his entire life, he had his grandmother. So this sounds kind of strange. The birds are, you hang around bad people, they, they take away all your graces. And, like, you have parents. She has parents and grandparents and family. Don't let the graces be wasted. So some of the seed falls and birds take them away. Don't ha hang around bad people. Um, other seeds, it lands among the thorns, the weeds, and the weeds choke it off. Those are our sins. So for a lifetime, if you want good soil in your heart, you do have to pull a lot of weeds out of your heart. Like, um, I'll tell you a secret. I used to have a problem with anger. Um, uh, honest to God, it was a lot. I'm not kidding. It was a lot of work just to get me to this stage. I had to pull a lot of angry weeds out, except the weeds were sucking up the life that the graces that God was throwing at me at. How do I know I couldn't have far more miracles? So like, think about it. When people are going to confession, they're pulling weeds out of their heart. So the soil is really good. And then there's the soil that's on rocky ground. That means there's a good layer, but it's superficial. Uh, not much can grow there. Go back to my friend, the priest. He can tell the story of, I wonder, you know, this if a priest ever showed up for mass on Christmas. Like he's so superficial, he can't get the meaning of the story. A lot of graces are lost on him. And then there's the rich soil. The rich soil, when the seed hits it, it produces this huge harvest. Now, the 30-fold harvest, that's, a, that's almost impossible. But life will bloom in you. And so the point of it, it's about the kingdom of heaven. Those in the kingdom of heaven are people who have really worked on their heart. They pulled weeds. Um, they've broken up the hard soil to make it rich and deep. They made sure the birds didn't carry it away. And life just blooms. So um, this impossible harvest happens. I think a lot more miracles would happen in our life if we attended the soil of our heart. And just because I'm on this kick, what's the difference between soil and dirt? They're not the same thing. What's that? Oh, well, yeah, I'll tell you. Soil is living. Dirt is dead. Nothing really grows in dirt. Soil has all this, like, this is, I attend this lecture on it, and I loved it. Like, uh, healthy bacteria and stuff like that that allows it to grow. It takes a lot of work to get soil, 
healthy soil. It takes a lot of work to get healthy soil in our hearts. So um, the point being is that, um, you know, if you're superficial, no shame in that, break up the hard soil. Now, going to, back to my friend who gave that homily, like, I wonder if a priest showed up. Um, that was the first half of his priesthood. The second of the half of his priesthood, I have to tell you, really did bloom. He became incredibly compassionate, generous, just incredible. But do you know what happened to him? He had, I'll, I won't tell you all the whole story, but suddenly he had a hard time in his life. In kind of the hard soil of his life, it was broken up. Uh, yeah, it was some tragedies, but it really softened up the soil and life bloomed for him. There's this prophecy in one of the prophets, I like it, where the prophet says to God, how long until the people are able to hear the word of God? Because everybody can quote it, but never get the meaning. And God answers back, when the king is destroyed, then they'll understand. And you have to think, well, what does that mean? The king is Christ. When Christ dies, then we'll understand the word of God. When we die to our selfishness and bigotry and stupidity and superficiality, then we can really understand the graces of God. And so, like, I, I like this parable just for that reason. You want to grow deep? Attend the soil of your heart. Pull out some weeds. Prevent the birds from taking the graces. And if it's superficial... Pray, I know this sounds kind of strange. Yes, pray that in the hard times of life and they're going to come, it only breaks up the hardness of your heart so it becomes rich, good soil. And then life will bloom. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comments section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.